the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're continuing here on Dave Ellswick Show. Let me remind you about PI Roofing and uh, Home Solutions, your roof leak detectives. And they're more than just fixing your roof now. I mean, you get a, a leak in your roof and the water's coming in. You call them immediately. They'll come out. They'll tarp your roof, get the water stopped. And then when the weather is better and they can get out and fix your roof, they can uh, do that for you. But you know as well as I do, if, if water gets in your house uh, through your roof, uh, it's going to attack different things uh, about your house, like your insulation or your drywall and make, you know, you might look up in your, your living room or your, your bedroom and see a stain form because of a, of a leak. Well, you would have to call a contractor to get that done. With uh, PI Roofing, you don't have to do that anymore. You just call PI Roofing, and Joel Johnson understood how hard it was to get that stuff done. So he hired people on that uh, he will take care of that for you. All you got to do is say, hey, uh, the stain, I need to get that taken care of. I got some drywall that's messed up. I need to take care of that. And uh, they will do it for you. Interior painting, drywall repair, exterior painting, carpentry work, all of that, insulation, ventilation, you name it, they do it. That's PI Roofing. Go to piroofing.com or Google PI Roofing. You'll find uh, where they're located and you'll find their phone numbers and they will take good care of you. One good thing that Joel Johnson does is really great customer service. Open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, PI roofing and home solutions. All right. Back with all you guys. That is a convenient thing about PI roofing. I actually called them, um, a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was. Or they do a good so, job for you. Well, I, I called them out for a quote. I, um, had some tornado damage from the tornadoes that came through Greenbrier. Um, what was it? I'm kind of losing track of time. Maybe a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and they were actually able to give me a quote even on the um, the the soffit work uh-huh. because of the tornado kind of tore some stuff up. Right, right. Um, and so they were able to give me a quote on basically everything. So that was pretty convenient for for being able to deal with insurance and whatever else. Since so I didn't have to didn't have to call a bunch of other. That's people what's for, good. That's Dave, the they I put like on them. they put on my last roof too. Did they? I needed a special one too, and they did a super job for me. You need a special roof. Because my uh, my house conser- doesn't a conservative roof. Well, it has a very conservative <laughs> slope, which caused the crappy roof that I got put on uh-uh. by a crappy contractor a few years before okay. to wear out prematurely. And I was told, with no uncertain terms, that for my level of roof, I needed a roll down roof, not traditional shingles. Okay, and they set me up with it, and I hope it's a roof for life for me. But but they did a real good job. So far, no problems. I love them. I I really do. I I. Had them put a roof on my house uh, just about nine or ten years ago. I need to get them back out this year. They we were out two years ago, walked the roof, and everything was still in good stead. Need to do, do it again. I mean, a roof is, you know, your last defense against all of the elements. And if it, if you get elements in your house, it's not a good thing. <laughs> no, it is not. I'm just telling you, not a good thing. I mean, for instance, Matt Smith, he, he uses PI roofing as well. He, for uh, the silver screen uh, cinema out there in Cabot. He used them. They did a great job for him as well. All right, so let's come back. I, I had some more sound. 
Oh, Howard Kurtz is, call, is called in. He's going to be in with us in the second half hour instead of the first. This is great. I'm loving this. All right, let's bring him up. Hey, Howard, how are you? Uh, doing well. I'm sorry if there was a mix-up on oh, uh, the timing. No, don't have to. It's all right. We're fine. We're cool. I'm glad that you're with us today. I really am. I, I watch your show on the weekends and love it. Me too. I appreciate that. Yeah, I it's real. Guys. Yeah, do do you stay really good friends with the other members of the media <laughs> with some of the stuff that you say about them? Uh, short answer, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like an honest man. But that's good. Well, yeah, you're here with the the Dave Ellswick show. You're in Little Rock, Arkansas. Just to remind you, and we've got uh, sitting around the table the power panel today. So you might hear a, a change in voice asking your question. Just means the guys that are part of the power panel or getting in on the conversation. The name of the new book for Howard Kurtz is called media madness, Donald Trump, the press and the war over the truth. You know, a lot of people, this has been a long, uh, sustained discussion. Howard, is it really as bad as Trump makes it? Um, it's even worse than anyone knows. Uh, there is a scorched earth war going on between the president and the press that has gotten uh, so ugly that I, who chronicle this stuff for, the li- for a living and have known Donald Trump for 30 years, decided to dive into this book to figure out why is it so toxic. On the one hand, obviously, you have a president who, who uh, is con- on a constant uh, mode of attack against fake news, dishonest media, bailing New York Times, though he keeps giving interviews to the New York Times. <laughs> uh, and on the other hand, you have, you know, the, the, the snap judgment would be, well, it's a liberal bias. Uh, they don't like Donald Trump's positions. Uh, first of all, there's some prominent conservatives in the media who were never Trump and still don't much like him. But more than that, I think the dislike and sometimes hostility among many members of the mainstream media for this president is cultural. It is visceral. There is something about him that gets under their skin. They almost never give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think it is hurting the credibility of the press as well as sometimes making life difficult for the president. Well, it, it almost seems to me, this is Paul Calvert here, it almost seems to me that so many times when they've, when they've jumped onto Donald Trump that he turns it around on them and, and he, he, he feeds them to themselves. And, and so when they were attempting to, to make him look like a fool, they ended up with mud on their own faces. Yeah, I call that falling into the president's trap. Now, in, in Media Madness, I write about how sometimes I think President Trump goes too far. I don't think he should be punching down against cable news hosts, for example. I don't believe the media, of which I'm a product, are the enemy of the American people. But sometimes they're their own worst enemy. So when he does something or says something that's controversial, outrageous, exaggerated, they overreact. And that overreaction uh, is what it, it results in two things. One is the people in this country who are, don't live in the sort of New York, Washington, L.A. elite media bubble, uh, who support this president, who like this president, uh, they feel disrespected by the way uh, the press treats uh, not only Trump, but the way the press treats them. They think it's a, a condescending attitude. Secondly, negative coverage actually helps this president. I know it sounds counterintuitive because it means that he dominates the, the news agenda day after day after day, either press is attacking him. He's punching back. We extend the news cycle because we love to talk and write about ourselves. Uh, and so it takes up all the oxygen. It certainly helped him in the campaign. And most of the time, uh, I think it helps him as president. Howard Kurtz is the author of Media Madness, Donald Trump, the press and the war over the truth. You see him on the weekends and uh, many times as a as a panel uh, member on Fox News. 
Uh, he has really good insights and, and feelings about about the media, and he's not afraid to share them, and that's what I really appreciate him uh, about. I mean, I've been in this business in radio for nearly 50 years now and uh, covered politics for many, many years, and I can tell you what, you know what the media really likes? You tell me if I'm wrong about this, Howard. They like to be spoon-fed, especially by people who seem to be on the left. They love when the left spoon-feeds them stories. Is like that, is that leaks? Yeah. Is that is that still true? Um, it is true that many journalists like when the story comes uh, packaged with a bow on top and they don't have to do a lot of hard digging. Uh, on the other hand, you know, in this Trump era, you know, a lot of these trends we're talking about have been going on for decades. But with Trump, it's like on steroids. And I think that there's been some perfectly good investigative reporting uh, in the Trump era. I happen to think that every president should be covered aggressively. The last one was not most of the time. Oh, um, but at the same time, it's yeah, at the same time, it's not just, you know, that the press is overly invested in the Russia investigation and every incremental development is treated as the next Watergate. It's not just that the mainstream media hated uh, the president's decision on pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement that don't like his position on immigration uh, and wanted to preserve Obamacare. It, it is when you see it in stories that were like, well, Donald Trump, he cheats at golf. Well, Donald Trump, he's unhinged. He's unfit. He has early Alzheimer's. Let's talk about the 25th Amendment. Now, some of that is more with commentators. But in Media Madness, I write about what many journalists or some journalists say privately about this president. A New York Times reporter you'll see in this book uh, privately calling the president a racist and a fascist and telling a Republican uh, National Committee staffer that that person is a racist and a fascist and complicit in, in supporting Trump. Uh, others uh, go on Twitter and, and attack him in very personal terms. And that's not supposed to be. You know, I'm an old newspaper guy, and even if he's attacking us, even if he's going after CNN or the New York Times or the mainstream media as a whole, we're supposed to be fair. We're supposed to at least try to provide some balance. And increasingly, that is not true. And I think that we are the ones, my profession, which I love, is suffering uh, as a result of this warfare. Amen. Hey, Howard, this is RD. Thanks for being on the show today. Whenever you think of reporters and people that just hate Donald Trump and are after him, uh, is there any names that come to mind that just that just people that get up every day and, and say, how are we going to destroy Donald Trump today? Um, I don't think that's true of a lot of people in the business, but I certainly think if you look at uh, the kind of language used by, for example, CNN anchor Don Lemon, MSNBC anchor Lawrence O'Donnell, who was talking about the 25th Amendment, you know, three months after Trump took office. Lemon has called him a racist, unhinged, that kind of language. Uh, you know, they are so full of resentment toward this president that it colors everything that they do on their shows. And I've interviewed Donald Trump a half dozen times. I've interviewed him since the 1980s, but a half dozen times during the campaign. And he said to me with some puzzlement that some of these commentators, and he included some on the right, have hatred for him. That was the word that he used. Now, obviously, if he is uh, on the attack and calling the New York Times evil and that sort of thing, and Steve Bannon, you know, certainly helped whip this up when he was in the White House and called the press the opposition party, um, that doesn't necessarily buy you good coverage. But the funny thing here is, the irony here is that for all of this unfairness that I see in the coverage of the president day to day, it actually is making money for these organizations mm -hmm. 
CNN's ratings are up. MSNBC's ratings are up. They're not anywhere near as sky high as Fox, but they're benefiting from this. The New York Times digital subscriptions are soaring. So it's become almost a business model for the organizations that are sort of marketing themselves to an anti-Trump audience. Very interesting. So talk a little bit about something that you talk about, and that is that the president actually does like journalists and a lot of journalists. In fact, he has meetings with journalists that we never even hear about. Is that true? Yeah, that's a great point, because uh, it is a bit of a love-hate relationship. A lot of hate, but, you know, <laughs> there was something about Donald Trump who actually does like to schmooze with reporters. And, you know, all those years when he was a New York bombastic developer and a celebrity apprentice guy and a reality TV guy, he got along fine with the press by and large. He knew how to get himself in the gossip columns, and he did. it was, was a bit of a shock to him how dramatically it turned when he came in that golden uh, escalator at Trump Tower. So take NBC's Chuck Todd, who's been tough on the uh, president, uh, got into it <laughs> several least, times huh? with, Kellyanne, with Kellyanne Conway, who I write about in this book. Uh, I also write about Jared and Ivanka, and a terrible press particularly that Ivanka gets. But what I found out in some of my reporting is that presidents had Chuck Todd over to the White House with several off-the-record sessions, and they usually start with uh, Donald Trump yelling, at the moderator meet the press, Chuck yells back. Then they settle down and they have a civil conversation. And at the end of one such meeting, uh, Chuck said to Hope Hicks, who was there uh, with the president, we just can't quit each other. So you would think that uh, <laughs> Trump wouldn't want to spend any time. Yeah, I know. I thought it was a great life. Uh, and also, Trump spends a lot of time giving interviews. Uh, not He doesn't do a lot of uh, formal, long-form news conferences. But he stops almost every day and talks to reporters at these photo ops, sometimes when he's going to the helicopter. Um, and so it's very different than you might expect from a guy who's always um, railing about fake news. Howard, uh, Carl Kimball here. I've got a question. I'm an old newspaper reading guy. Maybe that's why I like you so much. But uh, I've got to challenge on one thing, and, and maybe you're right, but I'd like to hear you expound on it a little more. You said that the news media were not enemies of the American people. My question is, when you've got news networks that do everything they can to cover up what arguably is the greatest political scandal of the last 45 years, like today, for instance, talking about some low-level guy that lost his job because he beat his wife and is gone and will never affect our lives again, but they concentrate on that all day long because it's anti-Trump, and then they ignore the fact that the FBI was turned into a weapon to protect Democratic politicians from criminal wrongdoing charges and to punish Republicans and get Republicans either stopped from taking power or get kicked out of power. When the FBI is used that way and news media virtually ignore the story, is that not being an enemy of the American people and their freedom when they try to cover something like that up? Well, there's a second part to my passage there. I said I don't believe the media are the enemy of the American people, but I believe that they're their own worst enemy when go. it comes to losing credibility. Now, I'm going to differ with you on a couple of things. Um, the reason I think the story about Rob Porter and the ex-wives is important is not because of this guy who, you're right, most of America had never heard of, although he was a key White House official, because that would have been a one-day story. This is an instance, and there are others in my book, Media Madness, where I think the White House bought itself some bad press because there's been a lot of 
conflicting stories about who knew what when, how did John Kelly handle it. Just today, the director of the FBI testified about what the Bureau had told the White House about this guy, Rob Porter, that conflicted with what the uh, White House had put out. So when that happens, in any administration, you'd have that uh, turning into a, a story because, you know, I'm not saying that we're not piling on because it's a Trump appointee. But I do think the White House has mishandled that. And even Corey Lewandowski, the first campaign manager, was on my show Sunday. And he said there have been a lot of mistakes in the way the White House has handled it. On the FBI thing, I think some of that has been covered. I would argue it's underplayed. And I would argue that the Russia investigation, while legitimate, there's been a bunch of uh, guilty pleas and, and indictments, has been overplayed. And that's where I think the animus toward Trump comes in, because we'll have to see in the end what Mueller comes up with. But... Every incremental development involving Mueller, even like somebody, Jared Kushner, hired a lawyer. Well, anybody would hire a lawyer if they're going to be uh, have to cooperate with federal prosecutors. Um, is treated like the next Watergate, and that's where I think a lot of people feel that the press has just been unfair uh, to this president. How about Kellyanne Conway? She seemed to have a pretty good working relationship at first with the media, but that has soured over time. Yeah, you know, I devote a lot of time to Kellyanne Conway in the book, uh, as well as to some of the other key players, um, in particularly the ones who uh, now find themselves uh, no longer working in the White House, Steve Bannon, Sean Spicer, and others. Um, And the thing is that, uh, although she wasn't famous, I mean, she'd been a Republican pollster in New York and Washington for two decades. She'd been on a lot of TV. She was friendly with all the reporters, and she has felt betrayed by how she's been treated since uh, joining up with Trump. She wasn't even originally with the campaign. She worked for Ted Cruz. She became campaign manager in the final months. There was a, during the campaign, there was an MSNBC daytime news anchor named Stephanie Rules. She's still on the air. She's not a commentator. In an interview, quote, interview, she asked Kellyanne, how do you face your kids working for Donald Trump? Wow. Kellyanne has four children. She was, that, that was just a moment. I happened to be watching. Deeply offensive, obviously. Uh, and also... There's a lot in this book about Joe Scarborough, Mika Brzezinski of MSNBC. They were once friendly with Donald Trump. Then they hit a rough patch. Now there's a a relationship of mutual hostility. Well, Mika had been very friendly uh, with Kellyanne. They had texted back and forth. And Mika says, let's talk as girls. And she was giving her advice. Suddenly the president takes office. And within a relatively short period of time, Joe and Mika announced that Kellyanne is banned from their show. She has no credibility. She'll never be allowed on again. Obviously, she's a proxy for the president in that kind of instance. Um, and so that has been a sort of rude awakening for Kellyanne. She's made some mistakes. I write about them in the book. I'm tough on both sides. But it does give you a sense of when you're on the front lines, and Kellyanne does a lot of cable TV on the president's behalf, uh, you often find yourself taking knocks that are really aimed at him. All right. We've uh, run just out of time with you, Howard. I appreciate you being on with us. Howard Kurtz, our guest. Media Madness, name of his new book, Donald Trump, The Press and the War Over the Truth. Thanks so much, uh, Howard, for getting a hold of us. We appreciate the time today. Nice to talk to you on your power panel. All right. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. So Howard Kurtz here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That was great that he called in, even though he was going to be late, he called in, we got him on and he had a lot of interesting things to say, uh, to say the least. Do we need to get a break in Russ? All right. We got a break. Let's do that. Then we'll come back and finish up this hour. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.